I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Giants Croncast, a podcast chronicling the San Francisco Giants, featuring Brian Murphy and Doug Brazoni, part of FFSN, Fans First Sports Network. All right, it's episode two of the Giants Croncast on Fans First Sports Network. This is our NL West preview show. Yes, we will be looking at the Giants' opponents, but don't press forward yet. We will also be doing predictions, our predictions, for the 2023 Giants, which if you've been reading us and listening to us for many years, you know, what is it, 89% accuracy, Doug, on our predictions? Yeah, we nail it most of the time. I mean, it's pretty rare we get anything wrong. That's right. We called the Carlos Correa ankle diagnosis, and uh, we called that. We were... Well out in front of that. There are no records of that, but we called it. Yeah, um, and we we also knew that the Giants were not going to sign uh, Trey Turner. That's right. So, you know, you get it, you get it both sides. What is going to happen, what's not going to happen. It's all here. So if you're new to baseball, if you're new to the NL West, these are the other teams. <laughs> There's the Rockies, the Diamondbacks, the Padres, and the Dodgers. We'll be going through them very quickly. We'll be looking at their 2022 record. And then we'll be talking about the best projected players just using zips. And then maybe we'll kind of talk about what the national mood is on them. And then uh, we'll each identify one thing that we fear about each team. All right. So let's start with the Rockies. Doug, you want to kick this off? Sure. So last year, the Rockies were the last place team in the NLS. They went 68 and 94. Their best projected players look to be Ryan McMahon and Herman Marquez, each with a little over two wins. Her zips. And if you look at the Van Graff's article previewing the Rockies, it's, I don't want to say unkind, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's not optimistic. What they, what Dan Samborski wrote was, there are a lot of problems with the Colorado Rockies as an organization, but I think the biggest one is different than what ails most other poorly run franchises. The problem that plagues the Rockies is the lack of imagination. And then later says, Veterans are rarely traded, whether at the deadline or over the winter. 
even when their contracts are expiring. The Rockies seem to believe it's safer to just have a name you know than step into the unfamiliar. Signings are seemingly made just because, not in service of any real coherent team plan. <laughs> and then MLB.com, not exactly known for their pessimism, said about the Rockies, even if you squint really hard, it's hard to see how the Rockies win the division this year. <laughs> and I think that about sums it up. The main thing when I think about the Rockies is that they are still some sort of thorn in the giant side. And they're really not. There's not these weird, the last couple of years, there hasn't been, you know, them sweeping four game series and all that stuff. It, it They're not the Reds where the Giants still somehow have problems with the Reds, no matter what the state of the Reds is. But I do have a fear, a legitimate fear. And that is very late. They have signed Jerks and Profar uh, previously of the Padres and who in his career has hit 284, 358 and 419 against the Giants. His, I think he made a he played left field uh, for one of the Padres games last year, and I'm pretty sure his big catch, one of his like game saving sliding catches last year, is one of the things that turned the season for the Giants. As as much as Mike Talkman's catch of Albert Pujols's almost home run against the Dodgers in 21 turned that season for the Giants, I, I think Profar had the same deal. My fear is it has not been borne out by recent history, but. You know, if you go back, Coors Field. I don't like Coors Field. It's not a fan. It seems terrifying. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I don't care for it. Though I will say, I don't think the Rockies are going to cost the Giants the playoffs this year. If the Giants don't make the playoffs and also don't play play well against the Rockies, the things will be they will be correlated. There will not be causation there. I I would say the Rockies, they're. If they're good enough to be a problem for the Giants, then the Giants are so bad that they're not going to do anything. Right. I am interested to see how Chris Bryant does. He basically missed all of last year, uh, first year of his seven-year deal. You know, the Giants got a look at him after they traded for him in 21, and they were like, nah, we're good. We're <laughs> good. <laughs> so I wonder if that will be a chip on his shoulder when he plays him. You know, one thing we didn't mention right up top, uh, they're going to be facing their division opponents far less five fewer games uh, for each team, only 14 against your division this year. That should create a lot of <laughs> interesting dynamics, but I kind of think uh, for sure the Rockies are one team I'm going to be glad to see less of in a season because they're annoying. They're, they're bad most of the time. And I like when the giants win, but I don't like, Oh, they're up six, nothing. And then, Oh, the Rockies have taken the lead. And then the giants win the game, like 14 to nine. You know what I mean? Like I'm fine. If we get a few fewer of those games, that that's good for me. Let's talk about the Arizona diamondbacks, uh, kind of the bell of the ball in a lot of ways. They were 74 and 88 last year, but I think this year there, everyone's got them basically projected to be the third best team in the National League West. Um, I think they're just a sexy pick because they've got a lot of young talent. Zach Gallon and the pitching side of things who carved up the Giants last year. My recollection is he had what he had a complete game last year, but I feel like it it like broke the brains of the front office. Like they were really <laughs> upset by what he did to them. Uh, the the uh, the Diamondbacks just signed Corbin Carroll uh, to a massive extension. Uh, $130 million extension before the start of this season and a uh, young outfielder. Uh, and then Brandon Thap 
is projected to be like a three win pitcher for them by zips. And all he did was pitch extremely well in triple a last year. So just the projection systems, like some of their prospects to kind of light things up this year, but that, you know, nothing to say nothing of Cattell Marte. Um, they did trade, they traded away Dalton Varsho, who was kind of a pesky guy who, who kind of, had some big hits against the giants last year. That's a good thing, but it's because they have a surplus of these guys. <laughs> it's like, it's like, they're kind of, they're kind of got talented scrappers uh, on their team. That's going to cause a problem. I also think Corey Lavallo is, is a great manager. So, you know, give him a talented roster. Let's see what happens. Um, that'll be interesting for sure. But so I think that'll be a good measure as much as the Rockies, if things are going poorly against the Rockies, that the Giants are in trouble. I think it'll be interesting in our first episode. I mentioned Joe Sheehan sort of reflecting a national consensus, or at least a, a fraction of it. And I think if not the Sheehan lane, then other another lane in the national consciousness has kind of deemed the Diamondbacks a team to look for. And if the Giants are there, you know, fucking their shit up, essentially, then I think things are going well for the Giants. It'll turn a lot of heads and it'll be a, it'll, it'll be a good thing. Um, and so I think my fear, though, is just that they put it all together, that Corbin Carroll takes this massive deal and he advances. Cattell Marte is not hurt at opportune times for the Giants and is around to mess them up as well. Madison Bumgarner has uh, terrible starts against every team except the Giants. You know, Those are the things I worry about. There's, a, I think, a lot of risk with the Diamondbacks because they're relying on players who are mostly very unproven. You know, they gave Corbin Carroll more than $100 million. He has 115 Major League Plate appearances. Not to say it's a bad idea, not to say it won't work. Um, it's the sort of thing that, you know, smart front offices are supposed to do is lock these guys up now before they get three times as expensive later. But, I mean, it is a risk. I just need to let everyone know that it's pronounced fought. So Brandon fought and who is he? I mean, I hope it's not one of those guys where he pitches a complete game against the giants strikes out 12 and everyone goes, who is that guy? <laughs> but it's spelled P a or P F a a D T and it's pronounced fought. So there we go. Okay. But I, I like, that's a great point. I think that is, they have the potential to be last year's Orioles is kind of how it, it seems. Yeah. Almost at the very least in a lot of ways, because they a lot of carryover players already have a lot of experience that you would think they would build on it. So that leads us to the San Diego Padres, a team that's also taking a lot of uh, experience from last year and being successful and carrying it over to this year. And they're a scary team, Doug. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've noticed that you look at their lineup and you just you wait for it to get bad. And it takes a lot longer than it should. <laughs> You're like, why? Why are we like seven guys deep, and we're still we're still at players that I don't want anybody on the Giants facing? Juan Soto is projected to be a, a six and a half plus win player for them next year, and he's he's leading the pack by still a significant margin. But Manny Machado's projected to be a, basically a five win player uh, next year. And then you've got, that's still, who am I missing? They have Fernando Tatis Jr. coming back and they have, um, what the hell is the guy's name? Oh, this just sucks getting old, man. Jake Cronenworth? Xander Bogarts. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Xander Bogarts. I forgot he was also on the team. 
as That's Xander Bobo. So he's a, a great player. I mean, I guess the only thing that you could look at from the Giants' perspective is Juan Soto did not light up the world when he came over to the Padres. And I think the league change adjustment is still a thing. And so Xander Bogarts coming over from the American League could still be an issue. Fernando Tatis Jr. coming back, that's going to be an interesting development because he certainly has the talent, at least we thought he did, to to be an amazing player. But also, it could all just be the juice, Doug. We don't know. Yeah, I think it's the juice. I, we're calling it right now. It's the juice. So the Padres were 89 and 73 last year. And I think the consensus is they're in the 92 to 94 win area projection wise for this year. Um, they Their pitching is still probably a little soft in the middle, maybe the back of their rotation in the middle of their bullpen. They have a great manager too, though. That's another thing I, I want to point out. Bob Melvin, I think, is a terrific manager. And certainly there was a point last year when they were playing badly and he just said, ah, they should just be playing better than this. <laughs> like he just, <laughs> just let it all, he left it all on them. It's like, uh, there's only so much, there comes a point where the manager can't do anymore and it's up to the players to actually perform. It's, it's like the Simpsons episode where Homer is a manager for Hank Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> and and they're, he's like, uh, can you guys work a little harder? And there's other guys go, sure boss. That's all you have to do. So that you know, they're they're a team that's trying to win now. They're smart in a lot of ways. They're spending money on great players. Great players want to play for them. So again, great marriage there works out for them. On top of that, they recognize they're basically the only game in town. I think there is a soccer team down there now, but you know the Chargers are gone. Uh, there's no NBA team, so they're like, let's capture hearts and minds while we while we really have this opportunity. And I think even one of their co-owners. He was like, well, you can't take it with you. So why not spend the money? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's a, it's a great perspective to have. I think saying, even if you don't totally mean it, if you're deploying it in a cynical way, wow, what a, get, what a way to win hearts and minds. <laughs> <laughs> saying you're going to spend to win. Um, so that leads us into have the Padres advance to being as good or better than the Dodgers, who won how many games last year? <laughs> a mind-numbing 111 games they won last year. I definitely remember at some point, Doug, I think it was August, being like, who cares? They're just fine. <laughs> win all the games. I don't give I don't give a shit. It's fine. <laughs> and um, um, yeah. And they did. And uh, they, really did. <laughs> they did. I mean, I I will say. The, the only difference between the 2021 Dodgers and the 2022 Dodgers is that the 2021 Dodgers went 10 and 11 against the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> and the 2022 Dodgers, they went 15 and four against the Giants. Literally the, <laughs> on, the only difference in their record was that they, they were like, the Giants just got worse. Every year it's like, okay, the Giants, how are they going to compete with the Dodgers and all that? And I, I think it's good that the Di- the Giants just decided, oh, we're not, so we're not going <laughs> to try. So we're not going to try, and uh, and that's that. And it's good because the Dodgers have shown that it doesn't matter how many games they win, they're not going to win the World Series. So at least we have that to look right. forward to. So if you're the Giants, don't worry about it. Prioritize your mental health, and yep. you know you'll have a much better time. 
Now, the Giants uh, don't have to contend with uh, Cody Bellinger anymore, and they don't have to contend with Gavin Lux this year because he's out for the year with an injury. They do have to contend with Miguel Rojas, whom the Dodgers traded for uh, to cover when, well, they lost Corey Seager. Who who went away this this year? Uh, the Turners, just Justin and Trey oh, Turner, and they lost they lost Trey and Justin Turner. So you know that they don't have to face Justin Turner. So there's a oh, lot God, of positives. I'm really looking forward to not seeing him. I can't tell you. I mean, I know he's on the Red Sox. They're gonna play the Red Sox this year, but oh God, they're not gonna play the Red Sox like 700 times. I think so it. Nice. And and I love Freddie. I loved Freddie Freeman until he put on a Dodgers uniform. Freddie Freeman and Max Muncie and Clayton Kershaw are pretty are enough. I, I can't. That's as much bandwidth as I can take for suffering against the Dodgers. So Turner being gone uh, is great. That's fantastic news uh, because for me personally, Justin Turner was still my most hated Dodger. But I completely respect and I think and I admit that I could even be wrong that it should be Max Muncie. It should 100% be Max Muncy, but he's still on the team. So it's Muncy, Freeman, Kershaw. That's that's enough. Uh, and Cody Bellinger being bad, except against the Giants, you know, just stuff like that. Don't have to worry about that this year. And they still have Dave Roberts as their manager. Fantastic. And <laughs> um, and Trevor Bauer, who is a piece of shit, still left a parting gift of the Dodgers being financially hamstrung this year. So that. I don't know how that helps the Giants necessarily, but it could. We don't know. Um, I think my just the, the side note, when Trevor Bauer signed with whatever Japanese team that was, uh, there I saw a tweet from Foolish Baseball. It said, huge congratulations to Logan Paul, who is no longer the worst YouTuber we've sent to Japan. <laughs> uh, and then a little tweak. I mean, listen, Giants fans don't have a lot to stand on. We, we can't really cast aspersions on the Dodgers. But, you know... Besides them winning every game and still coming up short in the postseason, they were still hemming and hawing about cutting Trevor Bauer. That yeah. is documented. So screw them. <laughs> screw <laughs> them. <laughs> and so the thing, to, I mean, the last point, the things to fear about the Dodgers are, you know, they're they're an incredibly talented team from top to bottom. Uh, the rotation, I, I'm, I think it's an open question, is it as good as the Giants rotation collectively? That'll be a good question to see going going forward this year that the giants might actually have a slight edge pitching wise um, against them. We'll see that gets us into the thing I'm most excited about. Basically, if you're the listener, the value for this episode, and that is our predictions for 2023. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
This is our vibe check, Doug. We're going to check yeah. our vibes for the Giants. Opening day is a, is a week from today. And uh, we have some questions. I threw some questions to Doug, and we're going to answer them both. And we're going to end with what we predict the record's going to be. So big, big, big deal here. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't right, have so a real drum set in here, and you wouldn't want me to use them if I did. <laughs> that was a startling thing. I thought you were being wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so best hitter, who do, who do you project to be the Giants' best hitter this year? He saw it. No, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> your boy, your boy. All those churros you bought him, you snuck him when you went to that's, River Cats games. That's right. Made him nice and strong. Uh, He's more I, churro I, than man. <laughs> um, I think at this point, I have to say JD Davis. No platoon splits. It's going to surprise everyone. J.D. Davis, uh, I think I want to do an entire show about J.D. Davis, but yeah, <laughs> I, I'm. That's a great one, J.D. Davis, folks. If you don't realize, he was the he had the best hard hit rate in the National League last year. He has no platoon splits, and we found out that he had a surgery last year and was kind of untracked. What is it? You're getting untracked means it's going well. So he was untracked with the Mets. And then since he's been over with the Giants, basically he's healed from the surgery. He is in the best shape of his life or he's feeling as good as he ever has. And he hits the snot out of the ball and he's hitting better than he probably ever has. And wouldn't you know it, he's with the Giants and they have him. They, yeah. they, they saw what was happening and they got him. That's a great choice. I'm going to just stick with the conventional and I'm going to say it's Michael Conforto. Yeah. Someone's got to fill the the Carlos Rodon, Kevin Gossman memorial stud for one year role. Um, and <laughs> it's got to be him. He'll be gone next year. Um, all right. Th- those are great choices. So, uh, sh- shout out to Jock Peterson, who we could not fit into this, apparently. Who, no. who should be a better hitter without the ship to, to face. But uh, oh, well. <laughs> well, and on top of that, he was an amazing hitter last year. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He could. Even better this year because of the rules. Yeah. Um, best starting pitcher. And again, you can define best however you want. I mean, it's it's Logan Webb. I don't I don't have a funny way to like come up with it being Disclafani. Uh it's, it's, <laughs> it's got you gotta go with Logan Webb right now. I think so. I, I think there's no there's, you can't dark horse Kyle Harrison. You can't, you know what I mean? Like you do have to kind of stick with yeah. what's there. Um, which is great. That's a good, that's a good guy. That's a guy every other team would want. <laughs> so, uh, so the best reliever define best, however you want, Doug. I mean, again, conventional wisdom, it's Camilo Duvall. He, I mean, I know he's going to have to pitch a little bit faster, but he's looked real good so far in spring. Uh, he looked good in the WBC, looked good in spring training. Uh, he throws hard. He has good stuff. I, I can't. I can't go with someone else. I'm going to go Taylor Rogers. All right, do it. Uh, and I and I actually am saying we're talking about like a a point one difference in their final wins above replacement, that kind of thing. Where uh, versus uh, Camilo Duvall, that's what I think is going to happen. All right. So then these are some interesting questions. Doug, will the Giants have a 30 home run hitter this year? No. Go. Now. I agree. If there was going to be one, who would you say it would be? Uh, Conforto. 
Conforto. It's a good. I go Peterson in that. That I'd swap in that case. I'd say. Well, I, I would just say Peterson because uh, he's not going to face lefties too much. Might not get enough at bats. In that case, we uh, should probably both be saying it's JD Davis. That's true, but uh, you know, I'll just yeah. I'll just go against me from earlier. <laughs> I don't remember what I talked about five minutes ago, so now I'm just going to say Conforto. All right, I'm going to stick with Peterson, even though JD Davis might be it. But okay, uh, will the Giants have a 30 stolen base guy? I mean, that is a that's a tough one. I mean, oof. I feel like Tyro's not going to quite get there, but like if. If they somehow, if things go wrong, like if Slater's and Hanniger's injuries like linger throughout the year, and they keep Bryce Johnson on the roster for a while, then yes, he will. He would get there. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, I hope it doesn't happen. I'm going to say no. I'm saying yes. I think Tyro Tyro had 21 stolen bases last year, so I'm I think he can get to 30 with the new rules pretty easily. And yeah, Bryce Johnson would be my, I, if there are two, it, I think Bryce Johnson for almost exactly the reason you said, I'm like Austin Slater's injury being his hamstring. What yeah. the hell <laughs> would have been, I would have, but there's still, I think there is a non-zero chance of three guys having 30 stolen bases. And I think if the giants aren't hitting home runs, then I think they're going to find, they have other avenues of generating offense, putting more guys in, in scoring position. Now that's the thing are the new rules going to change it such that the giants actually do have, you know, are they going to hit more doubles? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> are the right. stolen base opportunities going to kind of not increase in some way. So, um, you know, Tyro Estrada winding up on second base a lot of the time, who knows? Um, okay. Will the giants use more than 65 players? God, I hope not. <laughs> it's exhausting. I'm going to say no aspirationally. So last year was when they set the record, right? 2022, they had 68 that they yeah. used. And uh, before that, the year before, I think it was 62 or 64. So I, that's why I kind of just put 65. Will the Giants use more than 65 players? I'm going to say yes. I don't know how they're going to get there, but I, I think they're going to use more than 65. That's depressing. <laughs> but maybe it's for good reasons. <laughs> <laughs> maybe don't they just know. Keep- Maybe they they trade, yes. uh, they trade Michael Conforto for Shohei Otani, and then you know so that's an extra player right there. <laughs> Will Brandon Crawford play more than 120 games? So even if it's 121 games, will he play more than that? No, um, he's an old shortstop now. Yeah, I was kind of thinking maybe, but you know the games played for him they plummeted quite a lot last year and I don't like his chances of debalking that knee, you know, balking knee, debalking. Uh so yeah, no. I, I mean he so. he did play 118 last year, but I right. I don't think he's doing more. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since he's basically missing a week, solid week because of the knee uh, in spring training. If he had made it through spring training healthy, I might have that might have been a yes. Will Mitch Hanniger and Michael Conforto combine for 200 games played? <laughs> I'm going to say no again. I so you don't even much. think it, you don't even think it'd be a 120 and 80 situation? No, I mean I, I'm saying like 130 and 60. Yeah, like I'm one, not of, one of them to be healthy, but yeah. This is my time to talk about the Mitch Hanniger contract. What is that? So it was 14 and a half million for three years. 
So what is that? They're kind of projecting him to give them six war in that in three years. So basically like two wins above average or wins above replacement uh, per per year on average. Um, yeah, I <laughs> like maybe it won't be this year, but next year or we'll have one full season in there that kind of makes up the bulk of the value. I have a hard time, but I'm going to say yes, because even 201 games would okay. <laughs> Will Roberto Perez and Joey Bart be the primary catching duo, barring injury, of course, but will they make it to the season end of the season as the primary catching duo? So, you know, Sable's in the mix, can still be in the mix in that situation, but will it be Roberto Perez and Joey Bart at the end? Uh, I mean, the thing about barring injury is, that's doing a lot of work there. Um, sure. I guess what I'm saying is, will like Joey Bart be traded? Will Roberto Perez hit himself out of the situation and get released? You know what I mean? Like, that no, kind I, mean, of I think Roberto Perez will play 30 games and get injured. Um, okay. Cause that's what he's done. So I mean, barring injury. Okay. I guess, I guess yes. Since okay. that would not count, but uh, I don't, I don't see them actually being the catchers at the end of the year. So you think they're sticking with Joey Bart? He, he, they're just like, he's probably not the primary guy until something new happens. Something positive happens with him. That's kind of what I guess I was fishing for. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to give him the year. And like, if he's just okay this year again, then they're going to have to start looking somewhere else. Um, but I think he'll get, I think he'll do well enough that he'll stay on the team. You know what, Doug? You know what I'm finding? It's really hard to replace Buster Posey. That's weird. That's you very strange. Come up with one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I Buster love Posey this... was a number five overall pick. Joey Bart was a number two overall pick. He should be two and a half times better. That's just math. <laughs> uh, I really love this question you sent uh, that you added here, which is, which reliever will suddenly become total dog shit out of nowhere? <laughs> The, the Jake McGee memorial question. That's right. <laughs> um, a totally yeah. fair question. It happens every year. The reliever volatility index. Exactly. Uh, I, you know, I feel like John Brebbia is kind of the obvious pick here. Um, My boy. He, you know, he was good last year, but if you're like every reliever has a, has kind of a clock that you're waiting on. Then I think I'm forced to agree with you, but I'm also I'm waiting for the Tyler Rogers. This is it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and most of last for a decent chunking of last year, it was in that zone. But obviously the Giants defense being what it was certainly didn't help. He still appeared in 68 games and he did have some good stretches. Would Jacob Junis count? I I'm not sure. It's it's tough to tell <laughs> because it wouldn't really be out of nowhere. Like they signed him to a minor league contract last year. He had a nice year, though not a like not a great one, but a productive one. And then so that's your that that's again, your yeah. So then that's yeah. your big thing is out of nowhere. It's got to be John Brebbia, and I don't even know if it's out of nowhere because I think right. there's like some there's some statistical evidence that there's like a honeymoon period post Tommy John for pitchers. Uh, Carlos Rodon has basically just exited his honeymoon period and wouldn't you know it he's now hurt um and john brebbia i feel like just the way the giants just wrung every drop of baseball out of him last year and the fact that he played last year was his age 32 season he'll turn 33 on may 30th yeah 
All right, I'll go with that. Yeah, I mean, I can also see it being Scott Alexander, who has like a really good first month and then just drops off a cliff. Like, I think that's also on the table. (laughs) Actually, Jake McGee's in front of actually Jake McGee's. Yeah, (laughs) I could see that too, especially since he's suffered from some extensive injuries. Um, That could definitely happen. All right, so then I have a trio of prospect questions. Uh, start off with Kyle Harrison. Will he stick after his probable call-up? Uh, I'm going to say yes. I am not sure that the call-up is guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, they might call him up as a reliever. Uh, they, have so, they have six starting, they have six full-on major league starting pitchers right now which is a good number because one of them is going to get hurt, but um, that's just how it always goes. But, you know, two of them get hurt. And one of them is like on the 15 day IL, they call Kyle Harrison. He makes a couple starts and they're fine, but not great. Then what do they do? They send him back down. I mean, they have to, right? So, (laughs) but I'm just going to say yes anyway, because I did that. (laughs) I think it's a, the Harrison situation, they were very quick to send him down for spring after not that many innings. And I'm sure I am sure it's because of what you said. They have a lot of pitching. They need to start to bring the roster into focus. That makes sense to me. And I do wonder though, is he going to be able to hit the ground running in the minors? Certainly he has a lot of prospect cachet. He's the de facto number one prospect in the giant system consensus for the industry. Um, Will he stick though? I don't think so. I think I think he's definitely a guy they'd send down. And I and I guess this is kind of a cheat because it would be like one of those procedural things where they're like, we'll send him down, but then someone will they'll use the injury loophole to bring him back before he would have missed a start. You know what I mean? But I, it still counts as a send down. So, right. <laughs> so I'm gonna say I mean, that. You, know, you know, the team did send down, you know, they had Bumgarner appear in two games in two thousand nine, then they sent him down. He came back in mid twenty ten. So Yeah. If he comes up and he throws like two like back to back shutouts though, that'll be I, then I don't think that would happen. But no, know. they will find a way to keep him in rotation. <laughs> yeah. All right. Will the Giants trade Marco Luciano if he reclaims any value? New era, good pronunciations, baby. <laughs> <laughs> How will you distinguish your shows, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, no, the Giants are not going to trade Luciano. Not this year. I'm so over him. <laughs> yeah. I've really not even seen yeah. him. I, I predict he's going to be, he could be as good as Manny Machado, but it won't be for the Giants. <laughs> it seems like he's, he's got the physical potential to be an absolute monster. And for some reason, it's just not going to happen in the French vanilla. It's just not. Uh, and that leads to my last question about prospects. Will Elliot Ramos be traded or waived? Now he could clear waivers and stick with the Giants, but will they waive him or trade him? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's going towards waived right now. As, uh, they're going to need the 40-man spot for someone. They're going to look at it. And they're going to put feelers out. No one's going to be particularly interested after he's OPS in 650 in Sacramento again. And they're going to DFM. And then this is like a larger question. Like, well, surely uh, like the pirates or some team that's not playing for anything would pick him up. And that's where I'm like, well, I don't think the pirates would, but now we, now that I think about it, the Rockies might, 
but you know, but also I think we will talk about this in another episode later on. There is an apocalypse coming financially for a lot of teams with the collapse of the RSN market. Basically, the cable systems have collapsed due to bad management, due to Sinclair Broadcasting's finances. So, you know, they're going to be losing all their cable money uh, or a good chunk of it. And I think that's going to affect a lot of teams. So the Pirates, which are already being run by a, a, a bloodless, <laughs> soulless uh you know, monster. <laughs> they have been, have even less wiggle room just because of their RSN deal. But all right. So that, that corners us, Doug, we've got no other questions to exhaust. We've got to make a prediction. What will the giants, how will they perform in 2023? What will be their final record? Oh, let uh, me add an exception here. Okay. You don't have to make any judgments about, will this record get them into the playoffs? None of that. Just what's they going to, what do you predict their final record will be? 84 and 78. Oh, you're more pessimistic than I am. <laughs> um, but you know what? I'm going to agree with you. 84 and 78. I was thinking 85 and 77, but 84 and 78 sounds most correct. And I'd like to point out if either of those records happen, I think it's a success, successful season. Yeah, I mean. They don't have Carlos Correa on the roster. They don't have Aaron Judge on the roster. That's a pretty good uh, improvement. They improved by on three games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So uh, we'll see what happens. And I think even in, if that winds up being the final record, that's competing into for the postseason into September, like legitimately, I would I would hope that yeah. would suck yeah, if they were <laughs> that would suck if they only won like nine games in September. <laughs> uh, <but> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm still writing about the Giants at McCovey Chronicles. Uh, I am at GiantsDoug.substack.com. And you can still find us on Twitter at Giants Croncast. Send us your questions whenever you want. We'll collate them, put them together for a mailbag at some point. And be sure to check out the rest of the Fans First Sports Network. You can start by following their Twitter account at Fans First SN. Doug, just want to put it out there. At some point, they've asked us to do a video component of the show. And um, I don't know. Are you going to get Botox with me? Are you going to get camera ready with me? We're going to have to like lose 30 pounds and uh, um, I really mean, they, change our appearances. Yeah. Yeah. They never <laughs> said that I had to do it without a Richard Nixon mask on. <laughs> so I'm going to lean pretty hard on that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Maybe we will take a poll question of which masks, which ex-president's mask should we wear yeah. when we do the video show? That's not coming soon. What is coming soon is an all-new episode next week. Uh, and until then, thanks for listening. Go Giants! Go Giants!